Welcome to WMUC-FM College Park. This is the Injury Report. I am your co-host, Anthony Valdez, joined today in the studio with my other co-host, Brad Weissel. How is it going, everybody? Uh, we are unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your outlook, missing Ben Halpern today. I, I will say we got very positive reviews uh, <laughs> last time Ben was not with us. <laughs> no, we, we miss him. We miss him. Um, and all of his analytical wisdom that yes, he brings yes. to the show. So, But I, he didn't do his homework, so yeah. you know, school comes first. Yeah, you know, hey, it's it, like... You know, you have the NCAA likes to emphasize that they're student athletes. You know, student first. Well, we Mm -hmm. are student radio radio show, you know, prodigies. And unfortunately, sometimes the student comes first in that. So um, with that being said, we will trudge on without without him. Um, Brad, do we have a Twitter yet? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Do we have a Twitter yet? I don't we know. Might, we might. We, we, we might. You, you Unlikely I, because Brad I, I, didn't I, make I don't want to say. I don't, I don't want to say. I don't want to say. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, I worked. Work yeah, yeah, win some, you lose some. The uh, Instagram is up and running. We had a story today. If uh, anyone saw it, a lovely story. Um, very nice. But yeah. Well done. Thank you very much. I'll double your pay. <laughs> oh, is yours? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> all we right. got We got to address the elephant in the room. This these last few weeks were a tragic time to be a Maryland basketball fan. Um, so, so the last, the last time we, it, we t- uh, it really, so we, you know, we, we didn't have a podcast last week, so yeah. we've missed three games or even more than that. Now we've missed like five, four or five games, oh my three goodness. since last Wednesday was supposed to happen. Yeah. If you had said to me, you know, last week, what well, I think we missed, yeah, we missed four games and in those four games we were three and one. Yeah. So if you had asked me two weeks ago b- between the Ohio state, uh, Minnesota, Michigan state and Rutgers games that we'd had, uh, what I would have thought. A good scenario would have been, I would have said, probably win three games. I think that that would have been realistic. We were coming in with a, we had a nine game win streak coming in. Yeah. We were playing great. We hadn't lost at home. I would have said, you know, if we were two and two, I'd be disappointed, but it's, you know, it wouldn't be the end of the world. We'd still uh, at that point have clinched a share. If we went two and two, a, cl- a share of the, of the Big Ten regular season title. And we should have gone for, we should have gone 0 and 4. We ended up stealing a game yeah. in Minnesota, but it is not, the outlook is not good. So, yeah, I, I guess from the last time we so last time we, we got together in the studio, Maryland looked to be in the driver's seat for the Big Ten to win the yeah, Big Ten like regular season two title. Two or three games up last few spoke. And now as we sit here, we're tied with Michigan State. And if we win and they and they and if Illinois. we both if we both win our last if Michigan assuming um so so we're basically in a four way tie um for the Big Ten with Michigan State. Uh, Illinois and Wisconsin, yep. and, and then Maryland. Mm-hmm. And so, basically, if whoever wins um, Michigan or uh, excuse me, Wisconsin and Illinois still have another game to play this week, they might are they playing tonight? I think it's tomorrow uh, night. Yeah, but... so so they'll, they'll be playing here shortly. Um, and so, depending on how those games go, I mean, Maryland and Michigan State at the very least are. If if both of those teams went out, then they'll split, and uh, obviously yeah, it comes you... down to the last game, which will be Michigan for. For Maryland, yeah, I, you. This is like the worst case scenario for Maryland <laughs> two weeks ago. To be, I mean, it's almost yeah. unfathomable that we would be. In, we, we wouldn't have. We had three games to to close. Is it unfathomable? Out. Uh, no, it's certainly not. I mean, I don't know. I, I got my hope. Valdez, as you yeah. always say, prudent if advice. Cho- if given the opportunity to to believe uh-huh. or not to believe, never the believe. The intelligent thing to do is to not believe. I did not heed the advice. <laughs> I hopped way too hard onto the bandwagon yes. and have been uh, thoroughly disappointed. Yeah. 
So, I mean, Mario, I mean, that said, we still can trick. Uh, everyone's on Twitter being like, oh, what are you guys? Why are you hating on Mark Turgeon? We still have a chance to, you know, we still control our own destiny to win the Big Ten regular season. How about we can know, unless Michigan State and Iowa both lose, we cannot be a number one seed. Yeah. Uh, or Wisconsin. We cannot be a number one seed in the tournament. We can, they, the way that they don't, there's no tiebreakers for first place in the Big Ten uh, for regular season titles, but we, we, we can, we need help to be the number one seed in the tournament. And we, it's just, it's ridiculous. And it's, the, how I, many I double buys? Are, how many double buys? So we're actually okay. we're guaranteed a double buy. All right. But so let, let's just run through the games one by one, just really quickly. Minnesota, yeah. we were down by 17. <laughs> yeah. And in the second half, down by 17 in the second half, and Darren Morsell hits a shot. <laughs> Excuse me. The, the coronavirus. Uh, it's a shot with, with a second and a half left to win. Yeah. We then play Michigan State at home in what was the most highly anticipated Maryland basketball game probably since the, their championship season. Right. We had college game day. It was an incredible atmosphere. Absolutely sold out crowd. We were never even in the game. Literally yeah. never even in the game. Never. I mean, the I mean never led once. No, didn't lead once. Yeah. I have a stat about that. Don't, give me a second. Okay. And then they go to Rutgers. Rutgers, if you know anything about the Big Ten, is traditionally horrible. Yeah. It's like, year after year, one of the worst teams across all sports in the Big Ten. This year, they've actually been playing better. But still, you should, you should not be scared of going to, to Rutgers. And we just came out with absolutely no energy. Mark Churchin did not make a single offensive or defensive adjustment the entire game. Yes, we didn't hit shots very well. Yes, they hit a lot of their shots. But, you know, during the Minnesota game, Minnesota came out shot on fire. And I said, okay... It's probably the fact that, uh, you know, it's, it's just they got lucky. Then Michigan State shot on fire. Then Rutgers is on fire. Ohio State was on fire from three. It Clearly, the, the Maryland defense is lacking. Teams just aren't having their best shooting night of the season against us. It's not a coincidence. There's no coincidence. You know, it's not going to happen four times and be a coincidence. And it's just crazy to me that we'd go into Rutgers, lose by 11, and be down 20 points on multiple occasions. So I think um, I'm, just, I'm just reading here uh, a a fun fact about Maryland shooting the three. Uh, in the last three games, the team has only made 18 threes. Cowan didn't have a three for three straight games. Cowan did not hit a three in the in the Michigan State game, in the Minnesota game, or um, the Ohio State game. Yeah, and I mean, I, and honestly, their their two point shots are. Uh, I'm so I'm I'm basically looking at a chart here that shows the. Um, shooting percentage for both their two-point shots and their three-point shots. And you see their two-point shots are somewhere typically in the 50% range um, every game. And just over the last three games, you have a 21% uh, against Minnesota, mm-hmm. 30% against Michigan State, and 18.8% against Rutgers. Yeah, that's not good. So, I mean, it's one of those things, and I think I think we've been saying it from the beginning. It depends on the Maryland team that shows up. And, you know, we, we kind of said that broadly, but I think really specifically it depends on if Maryland is on with the three that night, this team could go, like, is potentially However, like elite status. Been, I have not, they have not been on for the three while since yeah. I think that maybe the Illinois game, the away game at Illinois. Yeah. Like, we have not, we were, there was one point yesterday in the second half, in the second half where we were shooting 10% from three. Right. We were like, we were two of 20. Well, and and there's Sir. no and there's no like coaching or adjustments that like either say all right we're gonna like back off the three a little bit or try to like create more open looks. It's the same like offensive game plan where you just run out the clock, pass it to like your it's best crazy. guy, and help help he like hucks up something. Yeah. Or 
I mean, it's just and, and the games we do win, we don't we win. People are like, oh, look at what do you mean right. this team's no good? We're you're two, you're twenty and six. Yeah, no. we're winning games because we're talented. Right. We did not beat Minnesota because Mark Turgeon came out and totally switched the game plan in the second half. Yeah. We won because we actually have some really really good players in this team. I and mean, some guys who have really stepped up for us. But how many? I mean, how many games on this schedule? Like, how different does this team look if on like five games this year? someone's three is just a little bit off kilter. I think you literally could have like five more, and they would be like middle of the pack Easily. Big Ten at if Cowan, If Cowan was not on fire for that nine-game win streak, yeah. where he was hitting every shot he took, whether right. it be from you know in the paint or beyond half court, there's no way we win. Right. And that's not coaching. I mean, game, like the comeback against, I mean, you start like the comeback against Illinois, the comeback against yeah. Northwestern away. You have the comeback against, against Iowa. The, yeah, against Michigan State, obviously Minnesota. I mean, those are games all right there. W- winning those games, I think, makes this team appear more fierce than it really is. Yeah. But sco- you know, barely surviving those games so is not. I'm gonna, I'm, yeah. You know, no, it's I, not I, the I'm gonna, talent I'm gonna, that you're and, you, know, you look on Twitter and people are. You know there are people that are giving a lot of uh, a lot of slack to the players, but yeah. it's almost overwhelmingly Turgeon. I don't think that's a coincidence. But the one thing I want to contrast the last night's game with was the Michigan State Penn State game last night. Michigan State was down twenty points at the half to, to Penn State at Penn State last night. Down twenty points. Ta- Ta- Izzo is you know n- well noted to be one of the best coaches in college basketball. That team comes out with a completely. I, I, we had we have two TVs in the house. We had it on the second TV. That team was, you know, look like us, taking up the entire shot clock, getting horrible looks, you know, no intensity rebounding. They came out that second half, had a completely new look offense. We're putting, we're switching differently on defense. We're playing almost like a, like a soft zone at times. We're just looked like an entirely different team, a completely different strategy, and they ended up winning the game by a size of a margin. They completely flipped the switch, and that is all due to coaching and a, a visibly different scheme uh, when they came out of the huddle, or when they came out of halftime. So I mean, all right, we so this is the this is the card um, that we're dealt basically. I think you know most Maryland fans who have been watching for a while kind of come to that expect. Would you say that it's good to be le- over the past four games to have led for a minute and a half? I would say four games we've literally led for a, a minute and a half. I would say from my basketball expertise, I hear that is not, not good. What you, <laughs> what you want to happen? Yeah, I mean we're, in, we're never even in the games. We're not even. We don't even give ourselves a so, chance. Yeah, no. I mean, it, it is. It is just like it. It almost is like watching a completely different team. Yeah, I, I mean, Churchin has to go. Yeah. I, I I've tried to be nice enough. But it's just. I've never seen a team. I don't know. Do I, th- the, I feel like you've really held your cards what's, what's close to the What's the definition of stupidity? <laughs> doing the same thing over and over, and, or insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Yeah. Well, we've done the same thing for four games in a row, and we've gotten the same result. I continue. Sorry, I'm done now. That's no, probably, I mean, so I was just hoping maybe we could dive in a little bit more into the. So I, I we we obviously we were all at the Michigan State game. It was a it was a game at home, and the lead up to that game yeah, yeah. was I mean something that had not been felt in College Park in a long long time. Never. So obviously game day is here for the first time since 2005. Um, kids are lining up at like 6:30 in the morning, 7 a.m. in the morning. The, the, doors the, didn't open until 9:30. Doors didn't open until 9:30. People were in line, but before six. Yeah, and so there's just like a real electricity in the air, and. You know, Scott Van Pelt's there. The whole crew is there. They're telling everybody this is like the best crowd they've ever seen. And yeah, they did a light show. They did another swag dance. Everyone is ready to rock. Ticket like if you didn't have a ticket already, if you want to buy a ticket, they were going for like a hundred and fifty bucks for student tickets. This isn't even 
well over $200 if you want to get a general yeah. admission seat. So, I mean, I, with that setting the stage to come out and just never lead in the game is like so demoralizing to your fan base. It's not quite the level of disappointment that you have of the blackout game with Penn State, but I think it's close. I mean, I that think Penn that, State yeah. game, that the same way Football, that it just yeah. absolutely dist- I mean, Maryland, if they had won, was going to clinch a share of the Big Ten regular season title for the first time in school history. All their fans would be there. There certainly would have been storming of the court, no matter what Brad says. And <laughs> and it was all, the Cinderella story was cut and dry and ready to happen, and they just absolutely blew it. And so, I mean, I yeah, I, mean, it was, I it said w- at the beginning of the season that it would be a disappointment if they didn't make the lead eight. And I still stand by that. And yeah. I think that it's, you're going to have, it's got, I, we, I think we were discussing in the apartment, I think it was last night, we are saying it would not shock me if they just totally lose out. No, not at all. Yeah, so to touch the Michigan State game, it was, the atmosphere is incredible. And I, I said to Ben and Valdez as we were, the night before the game, I said, I have a really bad feeling this is going to end up like Penn State. Yeah. Where not only do we lose, but the team doesn't even show up. I mean, Penn State, we right. lost 52 to nothing. Literally, the team did not show up. The, the game, I just felt, you know, the game was so hyped that the that they just there was just no way they could perform. And I, I mean, sadly, we were correct. Mark Turgeon gave a gave a comment after last night saying, you know, I feel like this. I forget, I don't have the exact thing in front of me. I can't find it on my Twitter. But he was saying something to the essence of, uh, you know, this team has had a lot of pressure put on them, and, and it's really hard to live up to the expectations. We got to do a better job of playing with pressure. I'm like. Dude, that's your job. You are all season. Your job has been to like for. He's been a coach here for seven years. He's never been able to do it. It's, you can't say that this team, this team, you, you have not been able to make any adjustments. You just happen to have good talent. Right. But no, the, the Michigan State game was was depressing. And then so yeah, we were talking the other night, and I was talking with Ben. Before, I think before you got home, Valdez, we were saying Val then asked me, you know, over. But this is before. No, this this was yeah. This is right before the um, the Rutgers game. He said. Over under four games that we win the rest of the season. So, and I said absolutely over. I think we're going to win this game. I think we're going to beat Michigan, and I think we'll win at least one game in each of the tournaments. Because I thought, you know, okay, we had a little, a little blip. You know, we went, we went down, we slumped for a bit. Now it's March. Now they'll turn it on. They'll, they'll flip the switch back. I now feel unbelievably confident we will win nowhere near four games. I would not. I literally would not be surprised if we win maybe one more game the rest of the year. Not that. By some miracle, it would likely be you know a, a four being a four seed in the tournament and squeaking out a victory in in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So speaking into the tournament, um, Joe uh, Joe Lenardi, uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, the ESPN uh, tournament analyst, um, came out with a bracket today, and Maryland was at one point on the verge of being a one seed yeah. not that long ago. And no, now, I think, and I think now, before the Michigan State game, we, we were we were a one or we were a bubble one. The, the, not the, not to not to mention that almost every single one seed that weekend lost. lost. It like it was prime. That's what I'm saying. It was prime for the taking. Yeah. I think what San Diego State lost. Duke lost. Duke lost to Gonzaga. Uh, lose. Kentucky lost. Gonzaga. Yeah, everybody lost. And so, and now in this latest analysis, that he has Maryland as the lowest three seed. Yeah, that seems right. So, and he he put us in a bracket with Baylor, Florida, it, I mean, and Florida it, State. It was almost unfathomable that we wouldn't be a two seed, and now yeah. we're going to have to claw to be a three seed. I mean, we're literally we're going to have to beat Michigan. We're going to have to have a good run in the NCAA. I mean, in the Big Ten tournament to be a three seed. So, I, I guess what are um, 
I mean, I I look and I, I try to think about final expectations for this team. Know. They can't do anything. They can't shoot the defense, right. which was the one bright spot, has been ba- terrible. Eric Ayala, Cameron didn't hit a three for three straight games. Ayala's hit like one three on 155 attempts in the last two games. Like, it's incredible. Like, yeah. Ayala well, has over three against Michigan State. He was oh, one for four last night and in the and against Minnesota and last night he was again like one for six. Like, and, it's just crazy. And I mean the interesting thing is is that you know you you think about the this game coming up against Michigan as I don't even know how much that game like it matters for pride reasons, but you already have the double buy locked up. You have so, to win a so, I mean, how can no, you they would have had five games excuse me, five games yeah. to clinch a share of the Big Ten regular season title and not be able to do it. I mean, that would just be, and it should be demoralizing. Right. But so I guess if from, a, from a tournament perspective, I don't know if you get that much credit for being Michigan on Saturday. You get you certainly get a I mean, little they're, bit. They're, they're a 25th team. team in the country. So, but, but. We're, I mean, we're not going to win. It's a moot point. But. <laughs> so I just, I literally don't see a way how we can turn this around. And so, so you go into the Big Ten tournament, and I think, I think, what, what I'm curious about is, okay, we obviously, the team comes in with high expectations. I think at one point we were preseason number five. Um, yeah. So if you were to ignore all of that and look at this team now, what is a real expectation for both the last game against Michigan the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. I know it's hard because you know we we came in with these super high expectations, yeah. but if you know we just put on our analyst hats, what is the realistic outcome for Maryland here? Sure, I think realistically Maryland will have a shot to beat Michigan. They have thankfully they have almost a week off. We played last night. We don't play again until Sunday, so that that'll be helpful. That'll let the team get off Twitter for a couple of days. They can maybe pra- I don't know what they do in practice. They probably like shoot underhand free throws, but they can, they can. What? I don't think in they do. Plays. In, in, in plays. Yeah. We had like a turnover in the environment play last night. I was lost my mind. <laughs> but whatever. They can work on whatever Turgeon wants to make and work on. They can do dribble handoffs for, for a couple of hours. Whatever it is, that'll actually, I think, be good. And I think that, I don't know, I think it, the team, the, I mean, these guys are great players. We've seen it time and time again that the only reason Maryland is in this position is because we have good players. Right. And I think that if they can get t- together, I don't know if the players only meeting or whatever it is, but if Cowan and Smith can show up on Sunday, then I think they will have a chance to beat Michigan. But I think that for the team's sake, what they really have to be is competitive. They have to, we have, again, we've met for a minute and a half. We have to, even if it's just for 10 minutes, be up a size, you know, be up five to six points. Start start the game decently well, build some sort of a lead as small as that might be, and then, you know, hope to at least make it a competitive game, one where, you know, it's worth staying till the end for. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think that a realistic expectation, I mean, given the way that things are going, obviously, I think just for momentum reasons, turn, winning that last game against Michigan is important. Yeah. Um, and I think that if they win that game, it can really turn things around because I think that I would just, they've been so down right now, as they should be. But I think that winning that game would just give them any small blip of confidence. You know what? No one can ever accuse us of, uh, of, um, I don't even know what I was going to say. We, uh, say being good. They can't accuse us of being good. No, yeah. I was going to say something to the effect of, like, uh, no one can accuse us of peaking too early, but that is exactly what they can accuse us of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, that, that's, no. My, that's my thoughts on Michigan. And then yeah. I think that in the Big Ten tournament, which Mark Turgeon has won one game of in his seven years here, has not won a game since 2016, um, I think that reasonably, the reasonable journalist in me is going to say we're going to play Ohio State we're gonna. It looks like we're gonna play Ohio State or um, like Iowa. I, where I think we're gonna lose, and right. then in the so that would put us at probably a 
if we're lucky, depending on what happens in the rest of the country, a three, more likely a four seed. And then we're going to be in the exact same situation where we were last year. We're going to, we're right. going to play a, a mid-major who had a fairly good season, or you know, uh, an ACC team who didn't have a very, or, or an SEC team who didn't have a very good season. And in the, in the tournament, anything can happen. You can win, you can lose on a close one, and it, it's really a, a coin flip at that point. Yeah, I think that I just see the exact same story as what happened last year coming to this team. And it's yeah. the story of every single Maryland team. They like barely escaped the first round in the NCAA tournament. And then we'll lose in the in the round of thirty two. Yeah, I, I mean it's just it's like classic Maryland. At least we're consistent. <laughs> no, no one can accuse us of not yeah, being no consistent. One accuse, yeah, that's exactly. What it is. Yeah, that's, hey, that's hey, hey, yeah, someone tell Mark Turgeon that this is not the consistency that we're yeah, looking exactly. for. No. But that's it. I think that's what gets everyone so frustrated is because we go into every season saying we're ranked in top ten to start the season. We have these incredible recruits. We have. A, a senior leader. We have, you know, Smith made incredible, uh, incredible steps over the offseason to get better. And you have these super high expectations, and then they they meet those expectations for the first three quarters of the season. And you're like, oh my god, we actually are going to do it. We're going to turn it around. People are saying that people who were here for game day were saying that Maryland is like a dark horse Final Four candidate. Right. And that, I mean, now you're 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 a dark horse like last four in <laughs> candidate. I mean, so. It's it's so tough because the season has been filled with just absolutely magic moments, I know. right? Yeah, it's crazy. And it would just be it would go all down the tubes if they cannot somehow get past the round of thirty two. Which leads me to my next question for you, Brad. Yes. I think we anybody who's listened to the show more than once knows exactly how us hosts feel about Mark Turgeon. Yeah. What does Mark Turgeon have to do in the next in either the Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament, to deserve to keep his job in your eyes? Well, he's going to keep his job because the Maryland Athletic Department has no money to buy him out of his contract. <laughs> so short of some Alabama booster coming in and giving us $10 million, I, 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 I'll answer this question. What does Mark Turgeon have to do to get this team to be able to win a game? I think, like, <laughs> what, what does he have to do to, to be able to make this team like, look competent, which is probably the same thing he has to do to save his job. And I think that he has to find a way to get these guys better shots but I mean, team, I mean i guess i guess sorry my broader question like is there a place in the tournament he had, like the team has to end up like i mean is it like a I sweet 16 that, yeah or is it okay, like i a, see your question i think that i think it has to be the sweet 16 i think people yeah. will be thoroughly thoroughly disappointed based on how this season started if he does not reach the sweet 16 what would you think i i i still think there will be a lot of angry people actually if we reach this if we lose in the sweet 16 but i think if if i was trying to Again, put on like an objective hat here. Yeah. I think that reaching the six, six, sweet sixteen, something he has done four and, which, years. Which I mean, granted, it actually you know as crazy as this sounds would be a type of accomplishment because the team is in such a tailspin right now. Yeah, to be able to turn it around and get to a sweet sixteen at that point would be an accomplishment in itself. So, I am not as convinced as you are that they won't. It, it's it's not about. I don't. Th- I think you're right that they won't fire him. But if they do not renew, I, I know that he has a few more years on his contract. But basketball, but basketball coaches' contracts are a little different than like a football coach's contract. And the way that because of um, recruiting. the recruiting yeah. and things like that, not having more than four years, I think recruits start to get a little, get a little weary. yeah, get a little weary of joining a program mm-hmm. like that. And so I think if they they could just choose not to renew him, and I think he would see the writing on the wall and maybe maybe decide to the pack pro- his bags. I, no, I, I think that that's it. I think if we don't reach the 316, that's absolutely what should happen. But the problem is that if you look at it from like an administrator's point of view, 
Mark Turchin brought you college game day. He right. ranked you in the top 10 for 15 weeks, not quite, whatever, 12 weeks this season. He led the team to 20-something wins. Like, you look at it as a from a macro point of view, and you're like, okay, wow, this guy's actually like looks pretty good. They're 23 and yeah. seven. They're ranked ninth in the country. But then you zoom in and you look at your calendar and you look at Maryland's record after February 20th, and you just see that they are a completely different team. I mean, I, I guess it, well, yeah. I think from Which also is where it counts. also one of the things from like a bigger context is Maryland is in endeavoring on starting a huge capital campaign for yeah. a new basketball oh, center God, yeah. and a, a whole bunch of other sports facilities in general. So that in terms of donor money and a people of the program, um, maybe not the best time to get rid of your coach. Sure. So I, but think, I that, think that if you look, a lot of people are kind of fed up with him. A lot of donors. Potentially. I mean, so, well, and it, it kind of begs the question, which is do Maryland fans expect too much from their team? Well, because because that's because I mean, so, where, so where do you where do you put the blame for this team? Where do you put the blame on them not winning it? Do you put it on the players? No, no, no. But I think I think it it like deserve because I think Maryland fans yearn for this day when they were like a feared team and the ACC. Yeah, and that basically happened to this team once, and it was like a run over the '90s and early 2000s, and ever since then they've been like. A pretty good basketball program. And Mark Turgeon runs a pretty good basketball program. It's not a great basketball program. So I get, you know, it, it, yeah, I no, guess, exactly what you're, you're right, right? Like, exactly so for example, like to compare it to like the Bengals, right? Like if the, the Bengals made the playoffs every single year, like under, like for a lot of years under Andy Dalton, right? right? And Bengals fans seemed like relatively satisfied. Like obviously you probably want more, but like, it's right. the Bengals. This or you is what say you're the Cowboys, gonna do. kind of like right. you know well, making ca- the playoffs. No, no, but like for cow- no, Cowboys, yeah. Cowboys fans had this. Yeah, obviously the Cowboys had this huge run over the '90s. Yep. And you know America's team and all of that. And every single year that the Cowboys make the playoffs and don't win, it's a massive disappointment to the fan base. And it begs the question: Is maybe are the Cowboys the are more like the Bengals than the, in the same way that Maryland is just not the not the basketball program that we. It's like some we, revisionist we, we, yeah, history yeah, going we on. We want to be Duke every year, but right. we're not. Yeah. We want to compete with them every year, but we can't. And obviously, I mean, maybe this is just like me justifying uh, having to exist as a Maryland fan. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, it's a good coping mechanism. Yeah. But I don't I mean, know what I your thoughts know. are. No, I, I really think that's a very good point. I think that the expectations are set too high. Are, are set too high if you look at the past experience and at what this team has been. But I think, if you again, if you if you kind of look at what this team has been able to do this year and the players on this team... You have to say to yourself, okay, maybe we aren't going to be a Final Four team, but I think you have to expect that we're going to win one of four games to close out the Big Ten right. regular season title. We've finally put together, you know, the past three years we've been here, we've always been in the top five or six in the Big Ten, but we've never had a chance to be first. And, it, you know, we're finally at that point, and then to just see it all literally collapsing in front of our eyes, even this, even if we got our expectations too high, it doesn't make, the, doesn't make it hurt any less. Yeah, and I mean, I think the thing the we talked about after the so you come into the season and you have the Mitchell twins, which were not expected to be massive contributors. But I think you're seeing now when both Cowan and and Sticks are not lightning hot, Maryland barely has anyone else to support this I team. I mean, we're having. I mean, Sorrell Smith was honestly the I think the the player on the floor last night who was hustling and trying the most by far. Yeah. He was giving the most effort, by more than Cowan. Right. Sticks maybe at times, but for the eight or nine minutes that Sorrell Smith was in the game last night, I think he was the best Maryland player on the floor. 
from an effort perspective. But absolutely. I mean, I, and, I, I mean, you have Hakeem Hart out there now, who's just like <laughs> I airballing threes. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I I think when both Cowan and Sticks are hot, they are that is like one of the best one-two duos in all of college basketball. I agree. But when they are not hot, there's we no, have no there's one else. Nobody to go to. There's like, no one else. Michigan State, and they were giving. And that is not the makings of a good team. No, Michigan State exactly. Like they have Cassius Winston and um, oh my gosh, the other big guy, who has two kids. Uh, um, Tillman. Yes, Tillman. He was who was their big one-two combination. Right. But then they have all these other guys off the bench and third, right. you know, wing guys who can come out there and and, and just you, some... you know and and give you. Exactly. It's not you, like Chol like having a having a spasm on right. On like the court. Watts was on fire and they played us and and and, um, and Hall, Hall and all these other guys that are on this team that just came out and right were really shining and that we, we don't have a third option or a fourth or fifth option like that. <sighs> not good, Brad. No, not good. Anything else uh, you wanted to you wanted to discuss before we talk a little XFL? Mm, I'm trying. I I don't know. I really. I think let let's try to say one thing nice about Mark Turgeon. Do you have anything? You can start saying something mean, and then you can go and say something nice. Well, I was gonna. This team is gonna be exponentially better than the team next year. That's that's <laughs> almost unlikely. So props to this. I mean, which maybe we should talk about that a little bit. Like Maryland fans, we talk about expectations. Get them. In the gutter for next yeah. year because it's like yeah, it's, I might, I might it's like I might, Scott, to, I might have to go to grad school just yeah. so that I can have that team to root It's for. like Scott, Joel, and Daryl Morsell. Oh no, Joel! <laughs> Joel is like a okay, big man. Just for, for fun last night, I don't know if you get for those of you who didn't watch the game. Joel does not really know where his arms or legs are. I think half the time is in the floor, so he commits the most outrageous looking fouls you've ever. There was a couple times. There were like two times last night where there was a guy was running behind him. And he was facing the wrong way. He just threw his arms behind him in an attempt to get a block, and ended up fouling like the crap out of people. It was quite comical. But yeah, that is, if he's your starting uh, big man, you're in trouble. Next year in College Park is going to be really tough between the football team and the yeah. basketball team. It's going to be it's going to be brutal. Yes, I agree. it's going to be like like think about the worst Maryland team. Like remember that season when like Justin Jackson got hurt and um. Herder, yeah, I think Herder and, got um, hurt. Yeah, and there was somebody else that got hurt. And uh, Brittle didn't play yeah. or whatever because he had Just, yeah, like, he think about that season, and that's probably— It'll be worse. That'll, yeah, it'll probably be worse. And then, like, think about football this year and just, like, imagine it with— We just, like, hike, like snapped the ball to no one. Honestly, <laughs> could be better next <laughs> That's it. That's it. We'll th- we can talk about Maryland football in a couple minutes. But, okay, okay here's, here's my, my thoughts on Turgeon. I think that he what he really has to do in order to turn this around is he has to find a way. He, he's shown no ability to understand the X's and O's of basketball. But if I if he's listening to this in some alternate universe, Mark Mark Turgeon, please get the ball inside Jalen Smith. They spend forty seconds of the twenty four second shot clock dribbling the ball around the outside, and they never even attempt to go to the post. Jalen Smith's numbers in the post this year have actually not been bad. And when he gets the ball in the post and is then able to kick out and distribute, and you know Wiggins is making cut towards the hoop and Ayala's getting getting in space and being able to make a couple of moves that's when we're a good team so I think that just to restore any glimpse of confidence into these guys who are afraid to drive afraid to shoot afraid to pass we have to find a way to to manufacture slightly easier shots I, I know you're going to want to dribble hand off every 10 seconds but you have to find a way to do something different and my say something nice is going to be he actually encouraged the students to drink alcohol before the game on Saturday. <laughs> so he knew he did. He did. Uh, he told. He kind of foreshadowed that he might lose. 
and that it might be helpful to uh, be a little liquored up. So I appreciate that. Uh, I think a lot. Of I think a lot of uh, students took his advice. I think a lot of them did, and I'm sure a lot of them were happy they did. Because if you were lucky, you wouldn't remember the performance. So do we want to? Yeah. Why don't we play? Why don't we uh, pay for this show? Yes, sir. Ever wonder why you feel like a complete zombie when your alarm goes off after eight hours, if you're even lucky enough to get that much sleep? As college students, it feels almost impossible for us to get enough sleep. We're constantly told to get eight hours, but is that really the magic number? Did you know that throughout the night, your body cycles through periods of light sleep and very deep sleep? Most people's sleep cycles tend to last 90 minutes, so if you aim for eight hours, your alarm is likely to go off just as you're diving into deeper sleep. Try aiming for seven and a half hours of sleep and see how you feel in the morning. If you feel great, you probably nailed it and found your sleep cycle. If you don't feel perfect just yet, test out an 85 or 95 minute sleep cycle instead. Not only will you feel great in the mornings once you discover your magic number, you'll also add about 30 minutes of valuable time to your day. Welcome back to WMUC-FM College Park. Uh, this is Anthony Valdez and Brad Weissel of the Hello. Injury Report. Uh, Brad, I think it's that it's that time of the night. Ooh, okay, here the we Merrill are. The Merrill Minute. It is that time of the night. You are all, I am sure, very, very excited for the Merrill Minute. So where should we start? I think we should start with the best basketball team in College Park right now, which is your women's uh, basketball team. Lady, Lady Terps, of course, as usual, uh, won the Big Ten. Uh, actually, Clint, uh, not Clint, excuse me, uh, are sharing the Big Ten regular season title this year with Northwestern. But given that they beat them head to head, they will be a one seed in the uh, women's tournament. They're having a double bye. Their first game will be Friday. Uh, I look for them to easily be an Elite Eight, possibly even a Final Four team this year. They have been on fire, have like a 15 game win streak of scoring out of their minds. Uh, won the last game by 55 points. Uh, we will then go to softball. Softball has been having a, a kind of rough stretch. They were out in Arizona, uh, playing Arizona State for a couple of games. Uh, lost both of those, so hopefully that team will be able to turn that around more quickly. Uh, baseball has been off the season a, a pretty strong start. Uh, split their series against Coastal Carolina. Tonight, they're actually playing as we speak. Um, they're up big, 13-8. to eight over. Oh, actually, the game looks like just ended. They beat Delaware 13-8. Um, to six, so good for them. They were they were right on the cusp of being ranked to start the season, and if they can keep this up in conference play with, with a pretty good Big Ten conference featuring Michigan, the number one team in the country, uh, I would expect that ranking to eventually show up for them. Um, women's lacrosse has, has been struggling this year. They lost um, their Tierraton winning goalie, and of course a lot of freshmen are playing. However, today they are beating Navy 11-1 to uh, at the Plex as we speak. Uh, first half is almost over there, but 11-1, to that seems like a pretty solid victory. Uh, and then men's lacrosse has been up to, uh, has been has been doing fairly well as well. Uh, they had a great win at home against Notre Dame last week. Um, uh, unfortunately, they also fell to um, believe Villanova. So you know things are doing pretty well. If the women's team can turn it around and the the men's lacrosse team can can stay hot, both those teams will be able to make tournament runs. And I think our best bet for a championship the rest of the year will easily be uh, with the Lady Terps in the women's basketball tournament this year, which. Uh, if you have a chance to watch, you want to watch a team that can actually score and actually play defense and actually has a fantastic coach, I would recommend watching a few of their games. And uh, that's been your Maryland Minute. You know, I'm going to file a complaint. With Was the, it over that, a minute that I go over today? You were at two minutes and two seconds. A lot, a lot to talk about, Val. There's a lot to talk about. Well, and, and I think I think one of the things that we should, um, that was flagged for us, was that, um, <laughs> unfortunately, the Testudo Times, Uh-oh. a well-known publication on campus, has 
uh, uh, I guess like a news blurb that they put out called the Maryland Minute. No. Where, I was first. Was I first? Was I first? I probably not. <laughs> I guess we'll have to. Well, you know what? You know what? Bring it be, on. We, we have a lawyer. Be, they'll we'll be lawyer hearing from show. our lawyer. Cease and desist. Yeah, we will. We will be. We will. They'll be lawyering up. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. The Maryland Minute will, will. It's here to stay. They can't stop us. You can see us in court. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um. All right. So let's talk about our uh, the our, second the second worst team in the DC yeah, area. Jesus Christ. Uh, the DC Defenders. Boo. Uh, pep, pep out. Boo, hashtag pep out. So the, the, if if we had an interview for Twitter. <laughs> We'd be tweeting Pepe. <laughs> Hashtag Pepe. Yeah, explain what's happening with so, so the DC Defenders start off 2-0, widely considered one of the best teams in in the XFL. Yeah. And then they go on the road two weeks in a row, and they lose to the LA Wildcats. Do you know Cats. how many points they scored in those two games? No. Take a guess. Uh, over, under, one. <laughs> under. Under. We they have not scored they a single score. point. No points. In the last two weeks. Yep, uh, unless I'm wrong. They played the LA Wildcats and gave week. them their first win. And then they gave the Tampa Bay Vipers, a jo- an absolute joke of a franchise, their first win. It, w- it was absolutely appalling to be a DC madness. defender. It's yeah. just madness. And therefore, I have started the hashtag, which I think many DC defenders fans, when they think critically about this, will agree with me, Mitch, which, which is that we need to fire Pep Hamilton, the coach of the D.C. Defenders. Pep Hamilton, you know, came out in the first two weeks and was looking incredible, had this offense moving, uh, and I, then literally, he, it's like it, he's a different guy on the road, and I, right, I will not stand for that for my hometown football team. I mean, at least... I, I think that it is, it is unacceptable to not even put up... I mean, the, the Tampa Bay Vipers hadn't won a game. No. They hadn't won a single game. And then to be this shut out. The team was disgustingly terrible. To be shut out is unacceptable. And so, you know, obviously, I, so Pep Hamilton, uh, former offensive coordinator for the Colts, and, you know, honestly, this this city deserves better. Yeah. And so, therefore... I mean, I, seeing, I honestly you might think that, I think that the, the, the Washington R-Words football team might... <laughs> Be better than them. Even now. Mike Loxley yeah. can find a way to score at least a point over two over two games. It's crazy. So I, I had a couple tweets out there. Okay. The first was hashtag fire Pep Hamilton at XFL Defenders. Fans deserve better. It's true. That got four favorite four uh favorites. Four, okay, good, good. Good start. And then after the DC Defenders tweeted the final score, which was twenty five to zero in favor of the Vipers. Unacceptable. I said indefensible coaching performance. Hashtag fire Pep. Hashtag fire Pep Hamilton. Hashtag Pep out. Pep out. Hashtag XFL. Yes, I responded I also, to all of these. I also, pep out. I also tagged Vince McMahon because I believe if you're going to get results, you got to get it from the top. Yes, yes. The, the, the president of the XFL, Vince McMahon. We even had people replying. Um, one, a, a friend of the pod, um, Andrew Stover, yes. um, he replied and said, one of the worst losses this team has ever had. And I went up to him and I said, easily one of the worst two losses in franchise history. history. Yes. I mean, that yes, is appalling. Valdez. That is appalling. You, you tell him. Appa- I mean, I literally have never seen... Two worst losses in franchise history now, than back these two to back games. Too. And uh, I mean, it's the XFL. I, it's not like you're going on the road and having to play against a, a crowd of 100,000 people. No. There's maybe 15 guys it's in the like, stands, then they're all blacked out drunk, don't even know where they are. <laughs> it shouldn't be any different. Than, I mean, it is just, it yeah. is really, it's not what you want out of your, out of your team. So I, if, if, if there are other fans out there yes. that, 
you know, feel the same way and feel that we deserve to have pride. And don't get it wrong, we love the, the DC Defenders. Yeah, oh, we yeah, are absolutely nothing but love. love them. Nothing but love. But Pap Hamilton is not delivering the difference. Hashtag Pap out. Pap out. Hashtag fire Pap. So next, here we go about this. Next week we play the St. Louis Battlehawks back at home. <laughs> Pap Hamilton tweets. I, I don't have the exact thing in front of me. He he tweeted. I think I would like to see our fans this week make the biggest cup snake of the of the year. <laughs> For those of you who don't know what that is, a cup snake is where you drink, get like beer or whatever or soda, and you stack all the cups together to make a long stack of cups. This man is going on. He's going on. Pep- he goes. Oh, he logs onto Twitter.com and goes. I'm gonna tweet about cup snakes. Well, Why and clearly don't you coach the team. You, I mean, you clearly he's, avo- he's avoiding the, the yes. worldwide yes. hashtag that I have created of hashtag fire pep, mm. hashtag pep out. Pep out, turgeon out. <laughs> so We'll do it a combined, uh, combined hashtag. Apparently, there's like a soccer coach that also goes yeah. by the name Pep, and so his fans also don't <laughs> like him. I think we're so we're, some, we're some combining <laughs> forces where... where Many people are saying hashtag pep out. Yeah, no, pe- if you don't name your kids pep. And we're actually, one of the things that we're doing, if you're interested, is we're tagging the at fire pep Hamilton account, which was an old account For that was storm- was a that was dormant yes, from when yes. Pep Hamilton was the offensive coordinator of the Colts. Yes. And so, so we have an alliance with Colts fans from... Man City fans. From 2013. So we have some uh, 2015 Colts fans <laughs> that were excited that Pep Hamilton was hired, fired as offensive coordinator. We have some... Uh, British man- people. Some British people that are pissed <laughs> about Pep and Man City. And we have DC Defenders fans that are upset that their team can't even score a damn point. Can't even score. They're too, they're too concerned about cup snakes. Yeah. I, have, I mean, that's like that's like Turgeon coming if out. If that isn't like, hashtag pep out... Pep hashtag out. fire pep. Hashtag pep out. Then I, I don't know what it is. So I would I might have you, to make it. Take to your phone. Here, you know what? I, I'll, I'll guarantee you this. Okay. If the day will come when we make an injury report Twitter. Our <laughs> first tweet. First tweet will be fire turgeon, and our second tweet will be pep out. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. I'm thank doing you. I'm doing. This is a movement. I'm doing the Lord's work. You get on the ground floor. Join us now and turn around the, the season of the DC Defenders. I don't know who our assistant coach is, but he can probably make a game plan. Hashtag fire pep, hashtag pep out. What, one thing that I did want to talk to you about the XFL, though, was it yes, seems sir. like that, obviously, as kind of expected, the hype is kind of dying yeah, down a little bit. Anything that you read into that? Um, I think that it's it's actually been better than I thought. I mean, at, th- at this point last year, the AAF, AFL, whatever it was, AAF, AAF had already canceled itself. They already folded. Three weeks. So they're already doing better than that. And if you look at it, you know, if you go on Twitter, people are definitely, you know, tweeting about the games and, you know, while we talk about the attendance, they are still, you know, filling up stadiums. If you want to get a ticket to the DC game this weekend, it's gonna, you know, it'll be thirty, forty bucks. So, yeah. you know, they're doing something right. I mean, it's clearly the viewership has fallen off from the first few weeks, and I think as March Madness and conference basketball tournaments pick up, um, they'll only see those numbers continue to go down because I don't know who in their right mind would watch an XFL game over uh, March Madness game. But I think that for what they're for, you know, for what they're trying to be, they're succeeding. You know, they are successfully kind of. A second football league. It's nice to be able to come sit down on the couch on a Saturday afternoon and turn on ESPN and see some football that actually kind of resembles real football. And you know, I think that they kind of found their little niche. There are some people who are loving it, who are getting really into it. And I, I mean, you can't expect viewership to stay that high. It was it was a novel thing at first, but I think that they will absolutely make it through the season with um with with good revenue and with good with decent viewership. Yeah, I you know I sure hope so. I'm rooting for the XFL to make it. I think that it's um, the the NFL needs a competitor of sorts. I think that 
you know, maybe there could even be some cooperation between the leagues. I think it's great to give guys that second chance. I think, like, for example, um, of the D.C. Defenders play the Seattle Battlehawks that you, or uh-huh. the St. Saint, the Saint Louis, Louis ba- Battlehawks. Battlehawks, like you mentioned, and Jordan Te'amu, a former Ole Miss quarterback, is on there, and he was a guy that didn't really get a good look in the NFL, and he, he's he's been playing pretty decently. So I, I think opportunities yeah, I for think if you Cardell see- Jones before he just absolutely... Um, uh, pooped the bed. Yes, I think is the, well, I, I think is well. the uh, is the technical term for yeah, it. Yeah. Um, he was, you know, getting some second. So I think it's it's good for guys. Yeah, and, and, you know, and I, I, I think if the league really picks up, you'll start seeing guys who don't want to go play in college for for three years. Right. Come play here for a year, maybe two years, and then go to the NFL. I mean, I think, I think we're still a year or two away from that. But if they can really establish themselves and, and you know continue to get good coaches and continue to get good players who feel that they can actually kind of show off their skills, then you might see some recruits. Who instead of going to you know a low D one school would say I'm going to go to the XFL, be on national TV, get paid, um, and and try to make the NFL that way. Hashtag fire pep. Hashtag pep out. Pep out. Um, all right, you want to maybe close down the show today, talking a little bit about, um, or maybe not close down. I don't know. We go Maryland forever. Football? What do you want to talk about? Yeah, why don't we talk about some Maryland football? Yeah, yeah. Why, why not talk about some Maryland football? So, episode four of Locked In with, <laughs> with Mike Loxley documentary came out this week. Did you have a chance to see it? You know, I decided to skip the propaganda smart, for the week. Very smart. You, would you? Maybe you could summarize for the listeners. I actually watched only the summary version of this one because I also did not want to sit down for the eleven minutes. Okay. This one was about like resiliency or something like that, and it was just a lot of slow mo videos of players in the locker room. Okay. It's just you know nice. Well, that's that's um, that's exactly what Maryland fans are looking yeah, for. Exactly what we want. So you know, once again, Mike Lossley sat down and gave it an hour probably of interviews for this thing and took it, <laughs> cut it down to 11 minutes when he could have been scheming defenses and recruiting players and you know all that all that great stuff. So once again, it's, it's all propaganda, and I don't love it. But the bigger news coming out of Maryland football this week is that there is still no news in the transfer portal about quarterbacks, which is, which is really where things get concerning. Because at, at this point, you know, spring, the spring football game was, was announced it's in two months. It's in um, the very beginning of May. And we, we we don't have a court we 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 don't have a quarterback. Um, we we barely have like we barely have. Well, a we do line. we do have a quarterback. We have Josh yeah. Jackson yeah. and uh, Lance Legendary as so we have as we, call we have show. we have like a. What we, what, let's see how can I describe? He's not a quarterback. He's he like a fullback that that can't run. He's like he's like Lamar Jackson, but like when people kept saying that Lamar Jackson was a running back, this kid is like actually a running back. But I don't think he's a good running back. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. A fullback because he's like he's, he's slow. Like, he's like he's like a slot wide receiver. Yeah. Yes. He's and kind that of a like, slot receiver who's, like basically who's not like fast. like imagine if like Julian Edelman wasn't like a decent quarterback in college. Yes, exactly like that. And if, just, he, if he wasn't like the toughest person in the world, and he's like pretty skinny too. I yeah, think. yeah. So and then yeah. Lance, now, Lance Lejean, again, I think we kind of touched on this. Receiver. Like set your expectations so, so low. low, but still. Most of these guys, most of these so teams, low. like you go to like uh, an LSU, we or, won't, or an but Alabama. do it. No, no. If you go to like an LSU or Alabama, like spring game, yeah, their top three quarterbacks aren't even on the field. You, Tua and you know Burrow. These guys, these guys don't play in the spring game. They get like they have their like seventh, eighth, fifth, and sixth string quarterbacks playing the spring right. game. We didn't even do that. We're gonna have to put our our starters, quote unquote, out there. It's, it's crazy. And what? God forbid, one of them tweaks an ankle in this game. I mean, we literally we, we'd have to have an all-team quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously they're going to have to think of like contingency plans, but it, it's it's incredibly concerning. And I think that the the offense that Mike Loxley likes to play this like kind of mobile, you yeah. know, read option sort of thing that 
lends your spread, quarterback to take, to take big hits. And especially when your offensive line and is And if there is one thing that do, does not mix, it's Maryland quarterbacks <laughs> and taking big hits. Yes, yes, very true. So this is not a recipe for success. So at the very ne- you just need like breathing bodies. Like at this point, I'm begging Max Bordenschlager to come back. Yeah, literally anybody. Max. I mean, Pigram was hashtag. No, our Pigram, third tweet is hashtag Max back. Yeah, if, <laughs> Max back. <laughs> if Pigram came back to the, he'd be the best quarterback on our roster. Yeah, by far. I mean, and you can't blame him for for wanting to leave. I mean, it's clear what Loxley thinks of him. Yeah, of and I mean, it's like. It's bad. I think I think set your expectations for this team to be starting to become decent again in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a pretty solid recruiting class for that year of freshmen. Um, we did a respectable job of freshmen for this year, so hopefully as guys continue to get older, um, by then I think Nick Cross will have matured. Mm-hmm. Hopefully Lance, if he doesn't get just like absolutely murdered behind this year, Decides he still wants to play football after spending half of the season in the on, turf on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Um, he might be decent. His like red shirt sophomore year, um, but you need and you hopefully need by some, then. You need oh, I mean, plan. Loxley. The one thing is, is it the project that Loxley is undertaking is that he wants to build the offensive and defensive lines, and I think the the pieces that I've been reading and the kids that I've seen him recruiting, that project actually seems to be underway and underway successfully, it, yeah. those te- those things just take time. And as much as we joke about how bad the season was, it takes time to build yeah. a football program. You cannot expect a football. People are saying, oh my God, that was the worst season. If he does that again next year, he has to be fired. Most people don't know football. There is no way you can fire. No they were, no coach in their right mind would ever, yeah. ever come want to coach here again if we were to, after firing yeah. Durkin, which for very legitimate reasons, then turned around two years later after all the turmoil that Loxley had to go through yeah. and, and fire him again. It, 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 there's just no way we'd be able to do it. So, you know, you got to give him a five or six year leash at the minimum. And hopefully, we're right. just, you know, the first two or three years, you know, we, we were praying last year wouldn't be quite as bad, but, you know, we, we kind of hit the reality. Yeah. And I mean, I think that they're going after this, like, one of the best, uh, Caleb. Uh, I don't know his last name, but I yeah, for, I yeah. know who you're talking about. There's, so there's this five star quarterback yeah. from DC. Um, who's like one of the best in the nation, and they're targeting him heavily. So Rakeem Jarrett, who um, committed to uh, Maryland, is a five-star. Their best, their best recruit for 2020 yeah. is heavily trying to influence this kid coming to Maryland and stay local and basically be the quarterback of the future for Maryland. Yeah. So, I mean, Loxley is Loxley and his staff are making inroads. They're getting good guys. Um, you know, the the class is building. I think it's it's a top. I think yeah, it's like a top yeah. 10, 25 no, class. No, no, top, top, Definitely top 20. Top 25. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was like it's third or class. fourth in the Big Ten, so, yeah. which is impressive. Yeah, the other thing I want to say with, with Maryland football is is the uh, the NFL draft combine oh. happened last week. So we yeah. had three terrorists participate. We had Anthony McFarlane uh, and Javon Leak running backs, and then mm-hmm. Antoine Brooks, uh, linebacker, defensive back, safety combination, all the above. They yeah. kind of put him at. And uh, I don't know how much you saw, but they didn't do anything all that notable. I thought... McFarland ran a pretty fast uh, forty second yeah, dash. I mean, it, what was it like a four four five? Four four six. I'll look it up. I mean, for for it's pretty good. Yeah, but all of these guys but, run so fast. So I mean, yeah, we'll see. I Maryland players tend to have the. I I don't think we'll have a first round pick again. Uh, four four four. Yeah, that's not bad. That's pretty good. Um, I think he was in the top ten of running backs. Now I didn't see that. I'll, I'll look. I'll tell you. Um. 
I mean, Maryland in the past has had the things where you have really underrated guys because Maryland just doesn't get yeah, the. He was fourth meet. out of twenty-seven run. Oh, and who had run that as of his time? Yeah, he was about ten. Yeah, it's not bad. So, um, you know, Maryland typically they're undervalued guys, and they'll come up and maybe get them in the back half of the first round. I don't think that's going to be the case this no, year. No first round, but person. but I mean, listen, the more turps that you get into the NFL, the better recruiting pitch that you can make. To, to guys um, coming here because, you know, those elite recruits obviously want to go yeah. to the NFL. I mean, you look and, at the guy like Ty Johnson, who was not even drafted, right. and who was, was starting games for the, yeah. the Lions this year after a couple of their first backs got hurt. Right. And it was, you know, it wasn't great, but he was playing very, NFL. very, you know, He's very, very competent yeah, in the serviceable yeah, serviceable running back. quarterback. I mean, excuse me, running back in the NFL. So for someone like that who was here, who was good here, but not like incredibly great, had a pretty good combine. To be able to be in the NFL is obviously huge, and that's why you see Mero on Twitter every other day post a picture of Stefan Diggs because they want yeah. to make sure everyone knows who we went to Maryland. Yeah, so I mean, we'll see. I, obviously, we wish those guys um, the best of luck, and and hopefully yeah, they can. Uh, no, I mean, don't get do the perp trap. Do the perp trap. I will say, I got to give a shout out to um, one of my good friends, Ellis McKinney. He's uh yes. he's, He. I don't think he went to the combine, no. but he um practicing he, for pro day. Yeah, practicing for pro day, and we'll see what happens here. He's obviously um he was one of the kind of the leaders behind of the movement to hold DJ Durkin accountable as as um as players, and I think he's gotten rightfully a lot of praise for his for his role in that and kind of helping to transform the, is, that, uh, is that open to the public pro yeah. day uh pro day yeah i don't know should, that'd be fun i'm a scout so i'll be there that'd be fun to go watch yeah i uh, go. i actually scout in. for the dallas cowboys oh yeah no wonder why ellis is actually a big is actually a big eagles fan so i want uh, nothing more for him to end up with the cowboys, cowboys. um and and if he does that he's definitely got to get me tickets so oh, um you know just yeah. Anyways, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah. So, anyways, I don't know if there's anything else. Uh, oh, one thing I wanted to talk about. Apparently, Maryland baseball this year or next year has like an incredible recruiting class. I I think they had a good one this year, and they have an even better one next year. I'd like. I need to look this up. Stall for me, Brad. Okay, I will stall. I can talk about Maryland. Uh, let's see, football. Yeah. I I I don't know. My let let's think about let let I'll put this question out there for you while you or I'll I'll think about it myself and I'll give it to you afterwards. What we talked about this year for for basketball are way too early predictions of success for the team. Uh, I'm trying to think what would a, a successful season look like for Maryland football next year. Obviously, this is a far too early expectation, but I gotta think that if if we can win, I think that making a bowl game is just so far out of an expectation. If you look at our schedule next year, we play West Virginia non-conference. That's going to be a, that's away. That's going to be almost guaranteed a loss. But then we have three fairly easy non-conference games. So I mean, we'll obviously like Temple. We'll lose one of those. That that's two wins going into conference play. I think if you can get two more wins in conference play, one you know beat Rutgers. Now you're looking at three or four wins. And I think if you can get into that that four or five win area, I think five wins would be a great success for this team. I think it's realistically we're going to win two to three games. I think realistically, too, I think success would be if we do win five games. I think yeah. making a bowl at six is way out of proportion. But yeah, no, I think I think expect a two to three game season. That is what it's going to be. It's going to be really bad. I mean, if you look at the schedule, I think there's like two get. You can see two like not even guaranteed. Two easy-ish wins. We'll play Towson week one, and then we have Rutgers at home. I think those are two games you can more or less say we'll win. Northern Illinois at home, you never know. We go to West Virginia, there's no way. And then, of course, we have the gauntlet that is Big Ten football. I can't find the baseball recruiting class. But no, it is good. Baseball's, baseball was uh, was ranked, we had like, I think it was eighth in the country or something. 
recruiting for us from next year. And they look they look pretty good this year. Maryland baseball uh, has had a couple guys drafted in the past few years. No one playing. Um, no, none of those guys playing that have been drafted currently. We have um, uh, Zach Lowe on the Rays, who's been probably the the best prospect to come out of the program in a while. Who's who's actually getting getting minutes. Any uh, spring training uh, news you have found, Valdez? Um, Other David, than the Astros players getting booed when they like yeah, walk around. Um, David David Price actually came out today and said that uh, he's never been happier. Oh, did he? I missed that. He did That's say great. that. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited for baseball to get rolling here. Um, Mookie Betts is already having an impact on the Dodgers. Apparently, he took he had a big speech in front of the locker oh, room to motivate to motivate the players and and people. Really, he's already re- earning respect. So, yeah, um, thank you again to the Boston Red Sox for. Um, I, I get more upset about that trade every day. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I just was reading on ESPN that they don't think that Chris Sale will need Tommy John surgery. So, really, um, congratulations. Uh, as of this morning, I thought he was going to like be out for the whole season. Yeah, well, I don't know. It said uh, he also had something. He also hurt his back, I think, too, or okay. something, or he was well, sick. Hey, at least you guys don't have that much money tied up in him. Ah, uh, well, we you know we dumped all the other money, so we can't. Yeah, can't this was at uh, source. Red Sox ace Chris Sale not expected to have Tommy John surgery. Also, the other thing I'm going to say is, is Brady's coming back. Yeah, let's talk about that. I saw some like an in, uh, ESPN insider tweeting that apparently him and Belichick had a call today, yeah, and, then, and it quote like did not go and then well. Adam Schefter tweeted 15 minutes later that that was an incorrect source, and that one of them had reached out, and it did go well. So everything is fine. Brady, in Brady New has never had a chance to be <clears throat> kind of like has has never had a chance to be in the public eye like this. He's never had a chance to have all these teams kind of talk about him and for him to be the the prize guy and he's getting swan over by every single person all over and it, i'm sure he enjoys it i'm sure he likes having all the all the every gm calling him do you know what this okay this, this maybe and is I, a weird analogy he just, he likes the attention this is maybe like a weird analogy but this this like whole thing kind of reminds me of like for example if if you're in like a lifelong marriage and <laughs> and you're and you say to your partner hey like maybe we should have like an open marriage for a week, <laughs> yeah. and and Just to try it out. And, and, and what you're expecting is for them to say, "No, I'm totally committed to you. Like yeah, I yeah. would never want to be with test. another person." And then they're like, "Oh my god, that's a great idea! Like <laughs> I'd love to go and be with like 20 people." That is what's happening to the a New England bit, Patriots right now. And, and, and Patriots fans analogy. are just like absolutely shocked that the love of their life would even consider being with someone else. I mean, that's what I'm exactly feeling like. But so. I, the more that I see these groomers, the fact that every day he sold his house, he didn't sell his house, his kids are going to daycare <laughs> in Arizona, his wife is open to fashion studio in Las Vegas, like the John Gruden FaceTime the pigeon to send a message to Brady's house. <laughs> that is, the, you know, like, it's every day there's some ridiculous stories. You know, then you have the video of Edelman saying he's coming. Edelman started a whole merch line, like, stay Tom. It's, Everything I think, is I think it's so crazy that there's just nothing that's going to happen. Well, quote me on I, it. I think Don't quote me on it. Quote whatever you like. All right. Yeah. Well, I, you know. It's I, in the record. I, I think. When it's all said and done, he ends up back in New England, and hopefully they get him some like people who could catch football. Um, I think we'll keep posted. Yeah, I think with that being said, that uh, wraps up the show this week. We uh, we did pray, it without Ben. Pray for the turfs, please. Pray for the turfs. They need more than prayers. All right, see you guys. Yeah. See you next week.